and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thought, 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 thought. Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Should I just give like a Suns scoring update every every time we come back from break? Yeah. Suns lead Dallas 130 to 126 with zero seconds left on the clock. Does that help? That's so good. Well played, Luke. How about the uh, the end of that game yesterday? It's 128-126. KD was starting to take over. Luca ends up missing a shot that he doesn't normally miss. Uh, he um, he ends up fouling KD, and then he's just kind of standing there, hands on his knees, and Devin Booker comes over, says something to somebody, points to where there should have been a foul called prior to that by Luca before the shot, and uh, Luca loses it for a second, gets up in Devin Booker's face. Book just has that smile on his face, like <laughs> how's it feel to be the one that's frustrated now, buddy? And then they got separated. And another another good move by Ish Wainwright, who was an unsung hero in this game. He also got in there yeah. to make sure like Booker didn't get himself suspended or something. Yes, I, I, you know, for me, I, I don't know why Doncic did not get ejected from the game. Just bam, boom. Because you know, obviously, here comes the suspension as well. It should have happened. It should have. There's he, a lot of things that should him. happen. When he, he hit plays. him with force. Mm-hmm. He went face to face with him with force. Sure, he didn't throw a punch. He didn't push him. He didn't gun him. He didn't do that. I understand that, but he came right at Devin Booker. So I wonder what D Book was actually saying. <laughs> I wonder what he was saying. That's the mystery, right? Because everybody in Dallas, oh, he said things, unkind things to Luca. Like, oh, I'm sure that's never been done on a basketball court before. But he does look like he's talking to the official. But as you and I were discussing during the break, pretty sure Devin Booker knows where he is. <laughs> it could have been one of those situations where he's talking to Luca through the official. Whatever he did. Didn't it kind of feel like in that moment? I mean, it's, I keep coming back to this, but for the last 10 months, it's felt like Dallas was under the Suns' skin. Yes. Didn't it feel like no doubt. that was more than just a win? Oh, now, now Luca looks rattled. Like, how's it feel for the shoe to be on the other foot now? Yeah. Now we've got Kevin Durant, you've got Kyrie, and that's fine. And Kyrie's a really good player when he's out there playing. You, you, you do have to, like, give him that credit. But it wasn't just a win yesterday. It was, oh, and also Devin Booker got under Luka's skin instead of the other way around. Yeah, you know, just overall the entire game, right? Didn't it feel like a playoff game? Yes. <laughs> yes, did. yes, yes, yes. It did. It felt like a playoff game. And one of the reasons why it felt that way is because of the physicality that was actually going on. That and the superstars that were actually out there. It was very, very cool. What a great game it was to watch. Even leading up to the end game scenario, I said to myself, man, this is, this is very, very cool to watch this. Some great basketball being played. Some physical basketball being played. And here it was. It came down to the last few minutes of this game. Who was going to step up and who was not? And honestly, you look at the Phoenix Suns, their two guys outplayed the Mavs two guys Uh at the end. And because of that, they won the game. Luka didn't have a good shooting day. He started two of nine. Uh, You know, Dallas (laughs) Dallas was really only hanging around in the first half. Because Tim Hardaway Jr. couldn't miss from three. Yes. And this is, I don't know how you, how you quantify this if you're the Suns, but it does feel like every time they play Dallas, their role players 
can't miss a shot, Dallas. It, it's always somebody, right? Even if it's Maxi Kleba last year. Like, it's, it's always somebody. Well, this guy, you know, he, he can't hit anything all season. But against the Suns, he's going to sh- shoot 80% from three. Like, cool. Thanks. Thanks for letting the averages work out like that. Uh, but the Suns overcame it yesterday. You mentioned the superstars on the floor. Booker, Katie, Luca, Kyrie combining for 137 points in that game. Incredible. Else, Incredible, man. It's, it's, um, that's that's the sort of series that if you're ABC, ESPN, TNT or whatever, you're like, yeah, let's, let's get these two hopefully playing each other again. But as far as the, the confrontation between uh, Luca and Booker there at the end, here's here's Devin Booker after the game. I'm not here to tell, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the uh, picked up what he said to you. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to the ref. He said something to me the first, I responded. You know, you guys say you don't want everybody to be friendly, friendly. There you go. We got, you know, we got we got some smoke. Do you think that traces back to the playoffs last year? Yeah, I mean, it's just two competitors going at it. Um, like I just said, you got everybody speaks on, you know, how friendly the NBA is now and, and don't like that. And, you know, I have no problem with Luka um, on or off the court. But, you know, when we're competing, we're competing. Yeah, you believe all that? Um, there's there's one thing he said that I'm like, what is it that you don't you don't really believe? Look, I I tend to believe everything. Devin Booker's such a straight shooter that I know. like the guy, but and I don't know if he just misspoke or whatever. But when he said I don't have a problem with Luca on or off the court, yeah. I don't think he has a problem with Luca off the court. I don't think those two like <laughs> hate each other. Luca's not real likable on the court if you're playing against him. Not only is he good. But this isn't just a Devin Booker thing. This is anybody that plays against him. The dude, we just had Dave Pash on last uh, in the last hour, and he said, "You guys don't even see how much it happens." He he's like the guy that wins Powerball and complains that he has to pay taxes on it. Yeah. Like you got to the free throw line nineteen times yesterday, and all you did was complain every other time. That's, That's gotta be analogy, irritating Luke. for everybody else. Yeah, no, it's a great analogy. Um, listen. Uh, this is so weird. I was talking to you about this earlier, but right now in the association, this might be, this is right up there for one of the best rivalries right now in the association, in my opinion. Those two because individuals the star power. or the whole team? Just no, because of, no, Phoenix, Dallas. Yeah, I'm with you. Phoenix, Dallas, what is going on right now, and we all know why. All the way back to last year, it, it, we, we understand that, but now you're talking about some of the, four of the best basketball players on the planet mm-hmm. <laughs> two play for the Mavericks and two are playing for the Suns right now this is developing into one of the most heated rivalries in the association you you had it when the Suns took DA and the Mavericks got Luka in that draft remember it was supposed to be a rivalry and mysteriously the Suns and Mavericks seemed to play like in their opener every year right oh this is gonna and it really wasn't a rivalry and then the Suns just kind of owned Dallas and so it really wasn't a rivalry at all yes. until the playoffs last year when Dallas let's just call it the way it is they humiliated the Suns in game seven and really humiliated. game six too and uh, and so now it flips the other way. And, you know, anytime you go on on social media, you see that dumb picture that Mavericks fans post of Lucas smiling in Booker's face. Right <laughs> now. Now, as a Suns fan, you have one you can post of Booker smiling literally in Lucas face because they're like a centimeter apart. Yes. But when you're right, when you add then Kevin Durant and Kyrie into the mix, too, it was already a great rivalry a month ago. And now it's through the roof. It just it's got it's this weird feel to it. Doncic and a. 
AD, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Doncic and DA, I mean, AD. Are you kidding me? AD's playing pretty good for the Lakers. Just think right about it. Doncic and DeAndre Ayton, man. I mean, and then you throw in Jay Kidd, it feels like family now. You want to <laughs> brawl? Is that it? You want to go? It's just, man, there's a lot here between these two teams, man. Very, very interesting to watch. If they do meet in the playoffs again, and I, I'm with you, I think it's one of the... It's got to be one of the two or three best rivalries in the league right now. It might be the most heated, honestly. If they meet in the playoffs again with with KD and Kyrie added to the mix, I mean, it's already through the roof. All right, when we come back, how should the Cardinals approach their rebuild under the new regime? It seems like somebody big on that offensive line is about to retire. Uh, we'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is old school. I was never caught off into the hairband thing, ladies and gentlemen. Just telling you right now. Maybe just so maybe a little. You were more. Uh, what was your poster? Suburban Commando. Was that you? All pro. All pro commando. All pro commando. Excuse me. <laughs> no, uh, no Def Leppard hair in the All Pro Commando. No, there poster. wasn't a Def Leppard. Here we go. <laughs> Tease it up if you got it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I got you. you. Want to talk old school? <laughs> Rodney Hudson, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, is uh, is going to retire. Yeah, he hasn't announced okay. his retirement, but that's according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Yeah, you know what? Um, the Rodney Hudson thing last year was a huge concern to me going into the season. It was it was huge, and I'll never forget the day they said he was go- he was good to go. He was ready to play. Remember that? Because uh, I, I I remember the news yeah. coming down and thinking, "Oh my goodness, this is going to be bad. This is going to be a retirement announcement. This is going to be it." And suddenly it wasn't. It was just the opposite. He was going to play. I think we have played, video. Of that. I believe it was three. Three games yeah. that he played, and it was just huge last year. This is not last year. No, it, it with all due respect to him, and he had a really good career, it, it felt like he was already retired. Yes. It felt like the middle of last season he was retired. I, I can't imagine the Cardinals were banking on him coming back. I think it was you that said this, actually, at some point towards the end of the season. Even if he said he wanted to come back, could you really build your offensive line around him? You can't. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not his fault. But you can't trust him to be on the oh, field yeah. ever. His body is all beat up. It happens to so many people, so many players in the NFL. It has happened, and it will happen. And going forward, um, this is something that we'll see over and over and over again. It's not a surprise. Yeah, I think Rodney Hudson is done. So, if you start to spin this forward now, um, I, look, you're going to sign vets. We were talking about this on on Friday when Steve uh, Zinsmeister was in here. You know, it, sometimes it helps you that free agency is before the draft, and sometimes I think you'd rather have the draft before free agency. Like in the NBA, the draft is before free agency. Hockey, same thing. Uh, baseball doesn't really count because they're drafts in the middle of the season. But for football, 
if I'm rebuilding, if I'm the Cardinals, I would I'd honestly rather have the draft in a couple of weeks and then free agency after that. It doesn't matter because that's not the way it works. But I'm really fascinated to see what they do in free agency because – you don't know what you're getting in yeah. the draft. You know I what know, I mean? I know. Yeah, it is. It's one of those deals. You have to figure out. You have to have a plan how you're going to rebuild. And the rebuild for the Arizona Cardinals really deals with a line of scrimmage offensively and defensively. Uh, what would you like to see going forward? Um, you have to be really, really careful the way you structure contracts going forward and yet at the same time you have to balance the fact you have a franchise quarterback that you have to protect he is going to play again kyler murray is going to play in 2023 ron wolfley reporting hopefully it's going to be sooner as opposed to later like mid-september third week of september somewhere in there that's the nine-month point right there might give or take a week or two but having said that, you've got to protect him when he comes back. That has got to be a priority. You have to invest in the protection for your franchise quarterback that you paid $230 million to. So because of that, I'm going to go out and get pros. I'm going to value pros who can do your job, pros who, who can do their job, pros who aren't going to get beat, and yet you're not going to break the bank. Guys like Calvin Beecham or Will Hernandez, to me, those are pros. I would I would do everything I could to bring those two guys back, just as an example. Yeah, no, and I think that's the way to do it. And I just want to be clear on what I'm saying. Obviously, every team has to do free agency before the draft. But if you are a team that is contending next year, you're going into free agency saying, okay, we need a receiver and an edge rusher and we're set. You know, And then the draft is more for the future, like the first round or two you're trying to get guys that are helping you right away but if you're Kansas City or Philadelphia who has a top 10 pick even you you know what the holes are you need to fill for next season probably through free agency and then you're drafting big picture when you are in a rebuild like the Cardinals are it would it would just it would be easier to be able to draft first big picture now let me ask you this does so Rodney Hudson is not a guy that missed a lot of games in his career before he got here. Mm-hmm. And then the two seasons he was here, if you count the playoff game, which he did play in, he played in 17 out of 35 games. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins didn't miss any games. He had missed two total games in his career prior to coming to uh, to Arizona, and he ended up missing, what, 15 games in the last two years? Yeah. Does that influence your approach at all this offseason? Yes. It's a long way of me asking a question I already wanted to answer. No, exactly. No, you're right about that. But you had to set it up, and you set it up so beautifully, you driver. Yes, of course. You you have to consider that going forward right now. It's one of the reasons why I say you're not going to go get a Rodney Hudson. You're not going to go get a J.J. Watt. You're not going to go get these guys that you paid a lot of money for. You're not going to do that. Um, You're going to go out and you're going to get pros. You're going to get guys who do their job. You're going to get starting level caliber, pros, pros, but they're not going to break the bank. And I think that's what we're going to see repeated over and over and over again. There's going to be a ton of turnover on this roster, as we all know. But then you're going to go ahead and try to rebuild as well through the draft. Collect as many picks as you possibly can. 
Yeah, that's it's it's your path right now. This is Monty Austin Fort on uh, Bickley Murata during Newsmakers Week on how how he plans to construct this roster now. When we start talking about constructing a roster, hey, there's decisions to, to that have to be made, and you, you sure we'd love to get all pros at every single position, and that's just not reality. And so you know we have to be smart. The NFL is is set up where you you got to pick your pick your uh, poison where where you're going to put your money, where you're going to put your resources, and then there's there's places where you're not going to have as many resources. And so, you know, I think a big area for us is that we, we have to look at the, the, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. You know, if you can control the line of scrimmage offensively, if you can control the line of scrimmage defensively, it opens up opportunities for really everybody else around. And, and I think you saw that in the, in the two teams that played in the Super Bowl this year, uh, you know, Philadelphia and Kansas City. I mean, yes, they, the, both teams were full of great players, but look at the offensive and defensive lines on both those teams. And they were, you know, they were strong on both sides. And, and in the end, those were the last two. Those were the two best teams in the NFL this year, and those were the two teams playing for the trophy at the end. Yes, there it is, right there. Your thoughts on that, Luke? No, I mean he echoed a lot of what you said. I think I think the the best way you can do this be, because it's not a full blown rebuild. Like I don't I don't think if you talked to Jonathan Gannon or Michael Bidwell, they're looking at next season as one you just punt away because Kyler Murray might come back three weeks into the season. But you also need to deal in reality, especially if you're Monty Austin for it. And Kyler Murray also might miss seven games. You don't know. And you're not really going to know. <laughs> you're not going to know before free agency. I can tell you that. So you do have to approach it big picture. And I think what you're saying, and basically what he's saying right there is, is the best way to do it. Get solid vets at those positions in free agency, but you, it's vets. It's not one. Yeah. It's a, you're not in a position right. to go all in on one guy. Hey, let's go get the biggest name free agent because it doesn't make any sense for you right now. No, it doesn't. Uh, the one issue that I have is DeAndre Hopkins, of course, going forward. You have to think about this because you've got Hollywood Brown on one side. That's great. And that's going to be wonderful for Kyler Murray. And I continue to look down the road. I realize it's not going to be the start of the season, the start of the off season. They're not going to be working together. But D Hop, for the most part, I, I'm worried about this and I wonder about this often. Because you want another receiver. You want your young quarterback to actually have options to throw the ball. You want to protect him. You want to spend your money on the line of scrimmage. But there's got to be some type of resolution with D-Hop and what you're going to do with DeAndre Hopkins. Are you going to bring him back? Um, then you don't have to worry about it, obviously, going forward. But what kind of draft picks might you get for D-Hop? Is that a possibility? It, there's a lot of moving parts right now that Monty Ossenford has got to figure out. And a lot of it is all swirling around Kyler Murray. Protecting yeah. Kyler Murray and giving him options to throw the ball. Well, that- and- I was going to say, because A.J. Green retired this offseason. So if you get rid of Hopkins, you're not only down one wide receiver, and you would assume is chosen Anderson going to be on the roster? Robbie Anderson? No. (laughs) Probably not. He changed his name to I know. I know. Uh, You looked at me like I I know. I know. I know. (laughs) He changed his name. 
I think they have chosen to move on from Chosen Anderson, if, if I had to, to guess. But look, that's he was really good in Carolina. He really was. He was really good with the Jets, actually. But just yeah, I can't. That's that's a guy you'd have to pay a lot of money to right now. It doesn't make any sense. The Hollywood Brown conversation is one we can have later on the show too. Because are you are you in a position where you're going to start paying him a lot long term? You kind of have to because you traded a first round pick for him. But does that make sense? But. The stuff that you see that they might get for DeAndre Hopkins, the like, oh, you know, a mid to late second rounder for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't I don't love I mean, I would just I'm not trading them for nothing. I need multiples. uh, Yeah, I need like an actual return if I'm giving you one of the best receivers in the NFL. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line. At 620-620 right now, we come back. Who was the best superstar on the floor yesterday in that matchup between the Suns and the Mavericks? We'll get into it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I get those goosebumps every time. I need the high. Okay, well, I'm going to throw some numbers at you. All right? Okay. I get those goosebumps every time. Let's see. 30 points for Kyrie. Okay. 34 for Luca. Yeah. Half of them at the free throw line. Yeah. 36 for Devin Booker. I see. 37 for Kevin Durant, which, by the way, that is a Kevin over Devin, I believe. I got Friday and Sunday right. I think you're right. You did right there. Yes, Kevin over Devin. Are we playing that again? Yes, we will be be playing playing that that on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Aaron has the official score sheet. Okay, good. All I know is I'm 2-0. All right, go all that. I may may retire right now. And you know what? Party. I'm going. I am partying. I am. (laughs) Those four. Those four combined for 137 points. Four players in one game combined for 137 points. And they are... Look, that game was hyped up. The NBA, their biggest problem right now is they hype up a game and you see the commercials on on Sunday for a game on Thursday night and then none of those guys playing the game on Thursday night. Yo. Yeah, hey, here's a great <laughs> here's a great opportunity to see Kawhi versus Joel Embiid and then you get to the game and it's not those guys playing. Not only did all four of these guys play yesterday, they all played really well. Oh my goodness, lit it up. What a show it was, honestly. And and Again, I don't want to sound like fanboy, but I was. It was really, really cool to watch this. These four superstars that were out on the floor. You, you had Kyrie Irving, of course, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, and KD. And what I loved about it, um, you identified those four guys as the superstars, and man, did they play like that. Again, 70 points scored in that decisive third quarter. Boy, that was a huge Huge quarter, 70 points, and 55 were scored by those four players right there. Just excellent. What an excellent game it was. So now we ask the question, who was the best of the four if you had to pick one? It's, it's got to be. It's got to be KD in that specific game, doesn't it? The guy, he's so efficient with the shots. Yes. Like there were, there are moments where it doesn't, it, it still doesn't add up. The guy, he took 17 shots and had 37 points. Okay. Well, on average, every shot's worth two points, right? He scored more than if he just made every shot. Yes. Like, and that's just, that is what he does. He's shooting 68% since he got to Phoenix and 50% from three. And for the season, he's shooting 93% from the free throw line. Now, I know you're not asking for the season for yesterday, but 
he was he was big in the biggest moments yesterday. So he, if well, you're just saying yesterday, it's got to be KD. So you just nailed it right there, honestly. For me, again, yeah, he played. Um, he took the fewest shots, I should say. Um, and had the most points on the day, but it wasn't. It wasn't really that. For me, it was how clutch he was. How clutch down the stretch. The the shot he hits with eleven seconds left, just huge. But that that was no surprise because he scored seven points in the three oh four. As a matter of fact, seven points in the last three minutes and four seconds of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That that says it all to me. Those were critical points at the time, including his two free throws that he made to ice a game. I guess the minutes restrictions gone too. He played forty minutes yesterday. Forty, but again, putting up like almost a point per minute. What does that tell you, though? What, what when you see that four zero right there? What do you think of? What's the first thing you think? The first thing I think of is they wanted to beat Dallas. They wanted that's, to beat Dallas. What I, and, and I know I said this at the top of the show, but. Things can change over the next five weeks, but that win not only gave the Suns a much-needed win over Dallas, it put Dallas in the play-in tournament. Now, they could easily flip that in their next game, but the reality is they are two points out of 11th, or two games out of 11th, which is where the Lakers are, and that would miss the play-in tournament entirely, or they could easily jump right back into, into fifth with a couple wins. But beating Dallas right now makes their path more difficult, too. This was not, hey, we beat Dallas on November 27th. Like, okay, that's great. It's a rivalry, so that, was, mm-hmm. that would have been fantastic whenever you did it. But you actually pushed them back into a potentially messy situation. Whoever is in that play-in tournament, we'll get more into this in just a minute, but whoever's in that play-in tournament in the Western Conference, is that's not going to be a fun place to be. Kevin Durant, though, he's been everything you could have possibly hoped he would be when you traded for him. And that's with Mikel Bridges scoring 71 points over his last two games, <laughs> right, exactly. by the way. Yes, Mikel. Way to go, Mikel. Well done. Uh, this is Monty Williams after the game yesterday on KD. The calmness that he has in those moments was, you know, the thing that I was aware of. You know, everybody else is kind of frantic in those moments. You're on the road. In my estimation, you just want to get a good shot so it balances out whatever happens in transition. But to be able to throw the ball to a guy like that, and he can get you an efficient shot, like all of his shots down the stretch where he's fishing. And even the ATO, we tried to run a flare. They guarded it. He did another setup. He comes off, he knocks down a three. Like, that's the kind of stuff that um, certainly not coaching. It's just a guy who's been there before and understands uh, the moment. Great players, you know, wait for those moments. And I think for him, everything's real slow. And he just takes advantage of whatever the defense does and gets to his spots. And the other side is he's a willing passer. He was swinging that thing around the backside. And, you know, a guy has 37 points and only takes 17 shots like that. That's pretty efficient. Yeah, he, not only did he take a lot of efficient shots, but he did swing the ball around. There's no doubt. It's one of the most impressive things watching Kevin Durant to me. Uh, I asked this question. Would, would they try to force KD? Would they force it? Or would they just let him ease his way into it? And right now, based on what we have seen, this is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is just easing his way into this lineup. There is something like... To the calming influence right there. Of There were moments in that game yesterday where it was like, okay, Luka's getting on everybody's nerves again. Tim Hardaway Jr. can't miss a three. Like, here's these role players for Dallas that can't miss. Bullock's just hitting threes now, too. Where in the past, it felt like the game would start to go sideways. 
And Kevin Durant, he's just so calm about it. I'm just going to score 10 points in a row. Well, I'll just score seven points in the last three minutes of the game. Now, he got frustrated, too, at one point. But he he's just so much more mellow and in control in a different type of way. Here's KD after the game talking about leadership on this team. There's always communication in the locker room. We're talking through everything we need to talk through, regardless of you know who's in the game. I think even the guys that have, don't play a lot of minutes, they they letting us know what they see from the sideline as well. So I think it, leadership is about a group effort. Like we're not going to just look at one guy to you know have all the answers. I think we're all we can all figure it out as a collective and move from there. And like I said, veteran team that have been through a lot, that's seen some stuff in this league. Um, it's good to have that those voices talking in the locker room. So it's only going to make us better. I'm looking forward to keep building with this team. It's been fun so far. And not only do I love the fact that he's not forcing his way onto this team in terms of hogging the ball or taking a ton of shots. It's just it's been so seamless right now with KD. But what I love more than anything is he is flashing on the defensive end of the floor as well. We're seeing it. I love that. How about this? Really encouraging. 188 combined points between Devin Booker and Kevin Durant in their first three games together. Okay. This is from SportsCenter. That's the fourth most among teammates in their first three games together ever. (laughs) What? Ever. Okay. We got to get back to that. Uh, win lower level tickets to see Kevin Durant's first home game as a son. That's ever like in NBA history, not like Suns history. Wow. Just text KD to 620-620 and enter for your chance to win lower level tickets to see the Suns. Play the Thunder this Wednesday and you'll get two Kevin Durant jerseys as well. So text KD to 620-620. Alright, we come back. You want to see the Suns play the Mavericks in the playoffs now? We're going to take a look around the Western Conference and, and also I don't know what's going on in Memphis. We'll get into that, too. It's uh, Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Ever? Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let me just also say this about the uh, Devin Booker stat. Booker and KD that we threw out before the break, 188 points, the most by uh, teammates, by two teammates in their first three games together ever, okay, NBA history. Wow. Here, let me go a little bit deeper on it, okay? The three duos that had more points than Devin Booker and Kevin Durant in their first three games together as teammates in NBA history, half of all the duos was Wilt Chamberlain. (laughs) So, like, it was Wilt Whoa. Chamberlain and York Larice, Wilt Chamberlain and Wayne Hightower, Wilt Chamberlain and Tom Macheri, oh Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Oh, That's your top goodness. four all Are time. Are you kidding me right now? Wilt put up, like, 100-point games. One 100-point game. Wow. That, that is one of those deals. Again, uh, does it mean they're going to win it? No. It doesn't mean they're going to win the whole thing, of course. But that is impressive right there to think about that. Through their first three games, nobody, no dynamic duo in the history of the game has scored more points. Well, those three Wilt Chamberlain duos, and that's it. Oh, okay. This is your top four. These are your most points in your first three games as teammates in NBA history. Number one is Wilt Chamberlain and York Larice. Number two is Wilt Chamberlain and Wayne Hightower. Number three is Wilt Chamberlain and Tom Sherry. Number four is Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Okay, I totally misread that. <laughs> You're not reading it. I'm reading it. Exactly. <laughs> I misread you. Devin Booker's averaging 36 points a game since KD got here. Okay. What's your point? That's just 
going pretty well. It's like, yeah, it is going well. This is him. this is why you made the trade. And look, Mikel's thriving in in Brooklyn, but uh, you have a chance to get Kevin Durant. Obviously, this is why you had to do it. <laughs> uh, if you look at the Western Conference standings now. So the Suns at this exact moment are in fourth. I'm going to stop saying Sacramento is somehow still in third, Wolf, because Sacramento is somehow still in third. So the Suns are two back of Sacramento. They are two up on Golden State. Your first round matchup if the playoffs started today would be Suns Warriors in the first round. Um, they, you know, Minnesota's in sixth now because the Suns beat Dallas and pushed them down to seventh. We were talking about the play in before and, and why you just, you don't want to be in it. Not only is it extra work, and you're you're kind of up against it because you're in kind of a one-and-done scenario. Yeah. The teams in the play-in right now are Dallas, the Clippers, the Pelicans, and Utah, but I have to think the Lakers are going to catch Utah. Yeah. Do you want to be in a one-and-done tournament where it's the Mavericks, Clippers, Pelicans, and Lakers <laughs> no. just to get into the playoffs? No, you do not want to do that. You do not. Um, listen, I, I believe, though, once again, this is all on the Suns. This is this is where I'm in the danger zone because you know me. I, I, there are so many pitfalls, so many things that can happen, so many mistakes, so many bad games that can be had by a human being from time to time. And if it's the wrong time to have a bad game in the wrong game, now all of a sudden you're in trouble. But having said all of that, again, I, I just this team is putting off this vibe. And tell me if you don't feel the same way, Basinonians, right now. This this team is is putting out this vibe that it's about them and how they play going forward. This is this is the thing that I cannot escape just watching them play. It's one of the reasons why the Mavericks game yesterday was so important to me, so critical to me, so interesting to me that that was the game where you're telling me nobody else has ever scored more points for, for through their first three games, than Will Chamberlain and three dudes. <laughs> Pretty much, okay? you're telling me that that is a that is a long, long time in the NBA. Yeah, and the modern era that was not the modern era NBA history. And yes, yes, like I get that uh, Michael Jordan didn't switch teams until he was on the Wizards, I guess. But like LeBron did. Yes. So you, LeBron yes. and Dwayne Wade in their first three games as teammates didn't do what Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are doing. Yes. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm just looking at the, the situation right now and knowing that this team, if they go out and play up to their talent level, I, I don't know if they're going to lose. There's no well, any games or I'm just, no no they're going to lose <laughs> games of course from time to time but I'm talking about in a seven game series you can't it goes back to controlling what you can control right you saying that doesn't guarantee oh the Suns are, no. but but what you're saying I think is legit if everybody plays to their potential I know it never happens that way but you want to be in this position this is the this is what you can control I don't want to be in this position no, but if you're actually saying that if, if you're the Suns though you want to put yourself in a position where if everybody plays to their potential you're the best team and I I feel pretty confident with the possible exception of Milwaukee because Milwaukee is such Milwaukee a is, yes. deep and, and sort of weird team and matchup. But I feel confident saying if you just everybody's healthy, here we go for the next three months, the Suns are the best team in the Western yeah, Conference. I just you know, embrace it. This is the reason why I was talking about this the other day. I think I they need to embrace it and just say, yeah, this is the way that it is. 
We're going to go out and we're going to compete. It's never going to change our attitude. It's never going to change how we prepare for a game. It's never going to change us. We're going to go out and we're going to compete. And we're going to do it with everything we've got. And I'm growing more and more confident in this. The more I hear Kevin Durant actually talk, and the more I see him actually compete, Dave Pash was actually on. He was talking about the same thing. The impact that Kevin Durant is having on these guys when I thought it was the exact opposite. I thought it was the exact opposite he was going to have. The drama was going to be brought here. There is no drama right now based on what I see with Kevin Durant. I see only goodness in what he's bringing. That's why I, I find it interesting and even Monty Williams said this, like, we don't need him to be a leader. He's leading. He's just not leading in a traditional way, maybe. But he's just he's leading by example, and he is so far. I know they've won every game, so it's a little bit easier. But the, Kevin Durant's pretty level. Like, this is what yes. he is. Yes. He's a pretty calming influence that'll give you 37 points when you need it. Here's, and, and Dave Pash was also talking about this. But again, DeAndre Ayton scored nine points. And he may have impacted the game more in that game than when he scores 28. <laughs> Yeah, we've seen these games where D.A. puts up, you know, a decent stat line. You're like, it didn't even feel like he was out there. Yesterday's stat line, points-wise, wasn't good at all. At all. Especially in the second and third quarters, but he had a huge bucket at the end, and he was getting rebounds. He was, like, he was much rebounds. more impactful. He was a force as well inside, and I, there was a moment in this game. This is why I love watching these games on television, because you see it. You, you, can, you, can, you can rewind it, right? You can look at it again and again and again and see it. But I saw Kevin Durant and D.A. in a huddle kind of talking to each other specifically. And D.A. pointed to his head. It was the back. You could actually see the back of him. And D.A. pointed to his head like, you know what? I got to use my brain more. I got I to gotta think about that. I got to remember that. Whatever it was, he pointed to his head. And Katie looked at him, nodded his head, and said something to him. And then whacked him on the back. <laughs> right? I mean. Personality-wise, is- it feels like Katie's a guy that would get to DA more than yes, somebody that yells. Exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah, 100%. I'm wondering if that's happening right now. And if it does, looks like it. That is, look out. I want to play this real quick, too. If we're talking about the Western Conference, it's getting weird with Memphis. Man, John Morant like, has the potential to be an all time great. And this is Woj talking about the latest with, with, uh, with what's going on with Ja. The Grizzlies now have essentially sent Ja Morant away for at least two games. It is a de facto suspension, but more than punitive, this is a chance now, I think, for John Morant uh, to, to get the help he might need, the time, the space. And I think that people who are invested in John Morant within Memphis, within his family, within the league, they are encouraged by this tonight, that they saw John Morant in that statement you read, Greeny, acknowledge a situation in a way that he had not in any of these previously. They've seen him take ownership of it. And I think there are a lot of people who think that is a great step for him. And now they want to give him all the time he needs to, to, get, to get whatever help is necessary. He's got a couple alleged incidents where there were police reports but no arrests. And then the thing that kind of pushed the Grizzlies, and, and that, that's over time. That's not like in the last week, but over over uh, the last week, he, um, he's been suspended indefinitely by his own team because of uh, a video he posted to Instagram where he's uh, posing with a gun at a nightclub. And I just, this guy's got like, he's got 
a great future in front of him. You know what I mean? It's it's all right there for him, and he's. You hope he doesn't he doesn't throw this away. I, I've got to play this clip. I know we're late too, but this is Bobby Marks yesterday. Who has he surrounded himself with over the last year or two um, that is kind of leading him in this direction and, and the choices that he has he's made? I mean, he's made he has made three bad choices now in, in a span of you know less less than a year, and eventually you're going to run out of chances in this league. I mean, that's the reality of it here. And, um, you know, we'll see how, what happens, um, you know, with this situation. But I think that's probably my, the big question we'll probably dig deeper into is kind of what's, how things have changed for Morant when he came into this league to kind of where he is right now. You know what John Morant needs? He needs to bring Grant Hill's mom into his circle because Grant Hill's mom was famous for saying, don't fear failure, fear success. Yeah. It will change you. It's it, that dude. I mean, you're talking about an MVP, one of the best young players in the league. Going to voluntarily throw this away? I mean, he hasn't yet. And you heard in that Woj clip that he's that Jaw sounds a little more like accountable this time. So maybe maybe that's the the step to getting everything back on track. But wow. Uh, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.